This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Hello, college basketball fans, and welcome to the Primetime Podcast. My name is Ricky Widmer, and as always, I'm joined by the one, the only, Brandon Swanee Swanson. Hey, hey, hey. And we are here today bringing you some more college basketball because we're getting closer and closer. Brandon, Champ Week starts technically this week. We've got the Atlantic Sun. I believe the Atlantic Sun is our first conference. It's either them or whoever, wherever North Florida is from. That's where it starts on Tuesday. And how exciting <laughs> is that, folks? That means what? It is March, and the madness is about to unfold. It's very exciting. Really, this year, too, is uh, they, they tried to mess with us a little bit. And when I say they, I mean the universe because it's a leap year. So we're recording this on Sunday this week, a little bit different than our usual routine. But Monday would be, boom, there's March, but it's a leap year. So we've got February 29th. So you got to wait one more day before we hit the March. A leap year. That, so that means that everyone's birthday is pushed back a day then, right? Is it? I don't know. I have no idea. I never got the if your birthday fell on the 29th. Do you age differently? You're four, but you should really be like 16. I was actually kidding uh, because that doesn't happen. But I just wanted to you know, throw the joke out there, but you took it literally. Yeah, I did. You did. I did. But we're going to be talking about some jam-packed stuff. We're going to be talking Texas Longhorns. Folks, when isn't our show we've jam-packed? Got, you know? We've got Grayson Allen in the Blue Devils. Ricky's going to compare him to... Christian Leitner later, and then we're going to be talking some bracketology. But let's start with Texas. And the thing is, you guys know how I feel about Texas. I've been, and I will quote from the live stream that me and Sean did on the YouTube channel when a listener, can't remember who it was, said that I've been riding the Longhorn dick all year. Yes, I have. I picked them to go to the Final Four at the beginning of the season. I love this team, and I'll tell you why they're having so much success. It comes down to... Two words. You ready for it, Brandon? Shaka Smart. He has done an incredible job there at Texas in his first season with the team. And I think a lot of people were very excited, very excited for what he could bring. And clearly, he has brought energy, energy to this Texas team. And I think that he has his players very, very excited. He has his players wanting to win. You know, that's something we didn't see with Texas football. We're seeing it with Texas Longhorn basketball, and his players are out there just grinding each and every night. Doesn't matter who it is. They play Kansas on Big Monday, and folks... Doesn't matter that Kansas is the number one team in the country. Texas is going to go out there and battle them like they're on the same playing field. Which, if you're in the top 25, you basically are. Well, and I mean another thing is you're talking about like the players having fight under Shaka Smart. They actually feel like they want to be there. That wasn't a thing that just Shaka started, boom, as soon as he got to... Texas, he's been doing that the whole time. Look at VCU. In his time at VCU before coming to Texas, he was there, what, six years? Five of the six years, the last five years he was there, 
This team, VCU Rams I'm talking about, made it to the NCAA tournament. Two times were they a round of 64 participant. Two times were they a round of 32 participant. And that first year they got to the tournament in 2010-2011, they were a Final Four team, VCU Rams. So in my opinion, Shaka Smart was the guy that me as an Illini fan, I'll be honest, I'm a little bit torn on John Gross because I like him as a coach. However, what I've seen with my personal team is not what I want to see. That's not the subject I'm trying to get at, though. This is a coach that I love. This is the reason why when Illinois was looking for a new head coach, I wanted Shaka Smart to be the head coach of my fighting Illini. That's why I wanted that, because I knew that this guy could do great things even in the Power Five, and he's showing it right from day one. And the VCU team he took over in 09-10 that was still a 27 and 9 team and an 11 and 7 team in the in their conference and the they were in the CAA at the time this is a, he's a good coach he knows how to get the most out of his players yeah he certainly does a 25 to 5 run is what texas rode to end the contest against oklahoma this past weekend and folks we've been talking about him ricky's been talking about him he's loved him buddy healed Buddy Heald could not get the job done this weekend. It's not just Buddy Heald to be the one to get it done, folks, but he couldn't do it. Buddy Heald has been able to really pull his team together, and I think Buddy Heald was a big reason why Oklahoma ended up winning against West Virginia two Mm -hmm. weekends ago on the road at West Virginia. If it wasn't for Buddy Heald, they probably would not have won. However... He can't always be the guy. We've talked about that on this podcast multiple times throughout the season. Can't be Buddy Heald. And Oklahoma is really going to get screwed over if they rely solely on their three-point shooting because if that's all they got, they're not deep. If that's all they got and they go cold, it's not going to be a fun run in the tournament because there won't be a run. But when you look at Texas, they have just got the energy right now. They've got... The energy, they've got the players, Prince Mm -hmm. eBay, one of them, watching a little bit of the game yesterday. You know, it's just he's a force down low. They've got such good shooters. This Texas team, coming into the season, looked at as, ah, it's Texas. Won't do much. Maybe have a couple of big wins, but they're they're going nowhere. Do I think that Texas will get to the Final Four? I certainly do not yes. this year. Yes, they will. I, I disagree with Ricky they on will. that one. I, I think that there's just too many other teams that will go deeper and that will play them better. But you have to the game that you can look back and say, if you want to counter what I just said, you can go back and take a look at the game that Texas played against North Carolina. Go all the way back to that game. Because why? Texas played them at home early on in the season. Number three, North Carolina. Texas was unranked. They get the W, 84-82. to That was the turning point for the Texas Longhorns. And they proved that they can beat some of the best teams. Well, that wasn't the only game. I mean... That was what I was going to bring up, Brandon. You kind of read my mind. Play. I'm going to play off of what you just said. That was the beginning of a great thing for Texas. The reason why I'm starting to back up 
my final four prediction even more now is because to me, Texas, if they're going to not make the final four, they're either going to have to lose in the first round or in the second round. If they get to the Sweet 16 and beyond, they're in the final four. And the reason I say that, you mentioned one of them, North Carolina. I'll mention another one, January 20th, when they went on the road to number six, West Virginia, and pulled out the 57-49 win. Number three, they go ahead and beat West Virginia again, number 10 this time, 85-78, to and then number four happening just a day ago when they beat number three, Oklahoma, 76-63. to All four of those opponents were top 10 teams. Texas right now has the most wins against AP top 10 teams this season. You know who's sitting there tied for number two with three? The team they're going to play tomorrow night as we record this podcast. They're probably going to play them tonight as you guys are listening to it, Kansas. So to me, I look at that four against the top 10. Yeah, two of them were against the same team in West Virginia. But I see that and I go, okay, this is a team that when you get late into March, they've proven it doesn't matter if you're in the top 10. We're going to beat you. And if they can get to the Sweet 16, I feel confident that they can get to the Final Four. Now, do I think they're good enough to get to a championship? Maybe, but I'm not ready to go that crazy yet. Texas, they are 10-6 and six in their conference. They're three games back at 19-10. and 10. But you have to take a look at it. West Virginia, a a sweep of West Virginia. Oklahoma, they've split. Baylor, they've split. Iowa State, they've split. So they have had some very tough opponents within their conference. I mean, you take a look at it. Kansas, number one. West Virginia, they're right around 14. Oklahoma mm-hmm. was number three. Baylor was 19. Iowa State, 17. They've got really good teams in that Big 12 conference. And Texas has played them pretty well. The big test, it's against Kansas. That game coming right up. Mm-hmm. Right up. And that is going to be huge. If, However they do against Kansas, for me, whether it is a win or a loss, a win solidifies Texas as a team to watch out for. But a loss, a close loss, still has Texas on the map and people going, Texas is not going away. Well, and I mean, no matter what happens at the Kansas game, this is a team that is going to be in the NCAA tournament. They are going to be in there. Right now, they're a sixth seed in both of Joe Lenardi's bracket and the CBSSports.com bracket. They're a sixth seed in the bracket, if they beat Kansas, which arguably is going to stay the number one team in the country, they could possibly move up to, in my mind, they could possibly move up two seeds. They can move from a six to a four. If they lose closely, maybe stay at a six seed. If they kind of lose a little bit badly, maybe fall down to a seven. I don't think that a loss against Kansas isn't going to hurt Texas nearly as much. Because Texas is a team where, or not Texas, Kansas, pardon me, is the team where everyone's expecting Kansas to win. 
But really, this year in college basketball, can you really expect anybody to win any game this season? It's like I said on Twitter to um, one of our followers for MVP, doesn't matter who you beat. It doesn't matter who you beat anymore. Like, who you beat only matters with, okay, you got into the tournament. When it goes to, oh, well, this team isn't going to make it to the Final Four because they lost to this team, they lost to that team. When we get into March, once you're in the tournament, all that shit doesn't matter. All that matters is the next game ahead of you. And with Texas, this game, the reason they got to win it is it's going to help their seeding. But a loss against Kansas isn't going to hurt it in my mind. Here's what I think, though. I think that if you lose against Kansas and you keep it close, that's the only thing I think that really helps you. You know, you need to keep it close against Kansas. If Kansas blows you out, if they are blown out by the Jayhawks, then no, that is not good for Texas. And and Ricky, I think you're saying that either way, a win or a loss doesn't necessarily a win mm-hmm. obviously is huge. Yeah, but the loss them. doesn't matter. Yeah, they they've got in. to but they've got to compete. They do. They've got to compete. If oh, it, if will. it is a bad loss, it's not good for them. Texas will still stick around in the top twenty five, but they do not want to lose badly because they want to be able to show that they are competitive against the top team. But they're going to be competitive against the top team. And the reason why I say that is they've already shown that with their four wins against the top 25. Before we put a bow, though, on this discussion for Texas, let's do a little bit of a role play. Joe Lenardi, of course, the bracket that he's probably telling you if you're watching on TV, he's updating it live. But online, he updates it every Monday. So we're looking at his from the 25th. And this is what he's got as of right now. He's got Texas as a sixth seed in the West. We're going to go through, and if this was the bracket that they held up today, we're going to see how far Texas could go. The first match they would play, St. Mary's, the Gales, who would get an automatic bid from the WCC. Yeah, I'd say Texas wins that one. It'd be a close one. I mean... I don't think so. I think that... like I think St. Mary's would have a possible... Like, this is what I was talking about with Texas. Survive the first two. Because if you get matched up with a team like St. Mary's, who is having the best season, I'd say, of their school. I don't know their school history, but as of recent history that I remember with St. Mary's... I mean, this is the only year they beat Gonzaga twice, I believe. That could be an upset alert. Texas moves on. Because Gonzaga is so good. The next round, I'm going to say... Or it's Oregon or um, Stephen F. Austin. Stephen F. Austin, they made a run a year or two ago, or maybe it was last year, but let's just say they're playing Oregon. So Texas, Oregon, who gets the win? Oregon. Really? So yes. you say Texas's dreams die right there in the round of 32. If that's how it goes, and if this is exactly how it goes, nothing changes. And they play Oregon in the round of 32. And it's St. Mary's. They get past St. Mary's. And and one thing I want to throw out, they'd be playing this game in Spokane, Washington. So closer to Oregon than Texas. I think Oregon gets the win. See, I I would still go Texas by a three-pointer late. I would say game-winning shot from Texas. They get That's how close it would be from Oregon. And Sean Anderson's probably listening to this going, Ricky, you know my answer. He's an Oregon guy. When it gets to the tournament, he picks Oregon. If it's What if it's Stephen F. Austin? Texas. Then you go Texas yeah. easily. The next round, if they get to the Sweet 16, 
Here are the four teams that they could play. Providence, Syracuse, Michigan State, and New Mexico State. Probably the only team that could give them a run for their money and beat them, I would say, Michigan State. Because Michigan State could be the hottest team entering the tournament. Yeah, most I, I won't say most, but I'd say a lot of people think that right now. They were talking on CBS today, mm-hmm. and it was Seth Davis that said he believes Michigan State is the best team in the country right now. And I mean, Michigan State, they're a team that on ESPN they were talking about could make a run for the one seed. So if they do that, they're not in this situation. But because of this bracket, we're saying it, if it ends up like this, Providence, I think Texas can get past. Syracuse, they can get past. New Mexico State, come on. They're not going to get past Michigan State, but if they Syrac- did. Syracuse, I would be. Syracuse would be the second team that I would be like, eh. Syracuse knows how to make a run, and they but can do it. But I'm saying Texas could get past them. I'm not saying it'd be easy, but they can get past them. That Michigan State team may be the only one where I'm going to say they well, go if you wanna, on if to you help my talk, cause. If you want to talk about coulds and, yeah, could happens. Gosh, Texas could beat Michigan State. Oh, okay. They will not. Okay, I'll give you this but. answer. If they played Michigan State, that's where the run would die for me. Okay, thank you. However, we're going to move on. Let's say Texas does move on. Here's the next group <laughs> However, of However, Ricky's going to keep sucking. Yeah, well, we we want to see, let's say they do get to the Elite Eight. In this bracket, North Carolina, St. Joseph, the Trojans from USC, Johnny's Texas A&M Aggies. We would have Tulsa and Butler because a play-in winner. Iowa State, and Akron. I skipped the 16th seed because they're not going to beat North Carolina. Let's say they matched up against North Carolina, though, because that's the team. Them, Texas A&M, and Iowa State would be the three out of that group that I would say would get to the Elite Eight. Okay, so I think that the game against North Carolina would be the best one because of the fact that it would be a rematch and it was a win at the buzzer for Texas at home against North Carolina. That would be the biggest game. However, I think that each game would be very good. And yes, Johnny, even the game <laughs> against Texas A&M. Reason being is because that is a huge, huge game for the fact that they played them early on in the season. They lost to Texas A&M in their third game of the season. And I think that they would want a rematch there. Texas A&M has been playing better basketball lately. So if they can continue that basketball into the tournament, then we got something going. And Iowa State would be a big game because it would be a big 12 showdown. And really, I'm looking here, out of the teams that Texas A&M, North Carolina, Iowa State, and Texas, because the only one in the group that could meet, that could possibly get to the Elite Eight, that the location of the West region, where Lenardi has them, it would help USC. All these four teams, Iowa State, Texas A&M, North Carolina, Texas, the location wouldn't help them, because they'd be playing the Elite Eight game in the Honda Center, Anaheim, California. So being all the way on the West Coast, all these teams would have to travel to it. That's an interesting thing that I always like to look into is sometimes you get that team from California that's like, oh, we're in the West. Because that's what the committee kind of likes to do sometimes is if there's a number one seed from the West, oh, let's put them 
where they would have their best advantage because you want to give the teams that have worked so hard and got the better record, you want to put them in a region that's going to give them the most success rate, even though that would not happen. Then we would get to the final four. Do you want to do you want to play that game? You want you want to go beyond the elite eight? Well, we've played the game past the round of thirty two, so we might as well keep going. I'll give you the top four seeds for the Midwest region who they would reach in the final four: Kansas, Miami of Florida, Iowa, and at number four we've got Kentucky. Those are your top four seeds. The team Texas would want to play is Iowa. That's who Iowa. they want to play. Uh, yes. What if they played Kansas to get another rematch? We would. That would possibly be the fourth game between these two teams because these two teams, Kansas and Texas, could meet in the Big 12 tournament. They're going to meet for the second time tomorrow. What what would that be like? You just win a rematch over the Tar Heels. Now you get a fourth rematch against Kansas. Uh, that would be like not ever going to happen. But uh, I, I Never say never. Cinderella likes to uh, put on the slipper this time of the year. Yeah, but it's about to turn midnight, <laughs> so uh, let me tell you. The carriage turns into a pumpkin? Into a pumpkin, and then all the horses trample over it. <laughs> Ricky's dreams have been shattered. But, and folks, no, I, I think that really when it comes down to it, you never really know, obviously. Uh, your guys are like, whoa, Brandon, thanks for telling us something we already knew. You just never know with college basketball in, in the tournament. March Madness. You just don't know. You don't know who's going to make the run. And this year especially, there's not one clear-cut team. If you if you polled people like they do for politics, who won the debate? Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. You know, they're saying all these different For who's the clear-cut number one team? You'd have some people Michigan State, some people Kansas, some people Villanova. Well, maybe some one. people maybe, Oklahoma. Maybe one person for Villanova. Yeah. Oklahoma. Um, yeah, Coach Wright would be the only one for Villanova. <laughs> I mean, you, you've you've got a lot of people who have a lot of different thoughts on who the number one mm-hmm. team is this year. Reason being, there's not a number one team. As Ricky said earlier, when a couple of weeks ago, when he was doing the college basketball standings, the video, Ricky, you said, we've got five teams tied for number one, and this is exactly how this season is going to go. It is. And that's how it's gone. That's exactly how this season has gone. There is not a number one team. There's about five of them. And before we get back to more of the tournament discussion, we're going to take a little bit of a side tour. We're going on this trip down Mar- down to March Madness. We're going to take a little pit stop. And the next segment we're going to talk on the, about. On the college basketball tour bus? On the college basketball tour bus. We're going to talk about an individual player. And this is something we haven't really done this college basketball season because we haven't had a reason to. But I think this week showed us there's a reason why we have to have this discussion. Brandon, I'm just going to throw it out plain and simple. Grayson Allen, the big thing this week from him, tripped a Florida State player. Not the first time he's done it. He's also tripped one of Trevor's Louisville Cardinals. He's not going to be suspended from the ACC. Do you think the NCAA needs to step in and say, hey, you know what? We got to suspend this kid. And two, is Grayson Allen a dirty player? Well, I don't think that there's really any any cause for suspension. I think there right is. now, I, I think that if if you're tripping an official, as it blatantly happened uh, earlier on in the season, 
then yes, I think there's there's cause for uh, suspension. But I don't think that there's a reason for Grayson Allen to be suspended right now. Why? Why? Well, reason being because it doesn't happen all the time. He doesn't do it every game. And some of those things could be just coincidence. It could be just contact. Watch the video and tell me let that me was ta- not coincidence. Well, let, let me tell you. Let me tell you. The one you. against Louisville, not coincidence. That was that, Okay, that was not coincidence. The one against Florida State that we're talking about, not coincidence. The two that people are referencing, not coincidence. Well, here's the thing. Is I don't think that you need to suspend him for doing something like that. Because how about this? But this is how backwards... This is how backwards things could be, and this is how people could look at it. This is how some people could look at it. You don't suspend Grayson Allen, a guy who clearly, at least video footage has showed, has Mm -hmm. tripped a couple of players. Yet, Louisville suspends, I'm sorry folks to be back on it, but Louisville suspends their players from going, basically, it's a suspension, yep, for something from, they going, didn't do. from going to the conference tournament and then going to the national tournament because players, past, past players, players at Louisville had had strippers and mm-hmm. had dancers and all this stuff. That's backwards, folks. But I don't think that this is a cause for concern with uh, Grayson Allen, I don't think that he is a dirty player. I think that sometimes when you get in the heat of the moment and you are a competitor, that's what happens sometimes. I don't think that makes you a dirty player. I think you have to look at everything else. I think you have to look at everything else. Is he is he poking guys in the eye? Is he throwing elbows down low? Is he doing anything like that? I've not seen that. I would not say that he is a dirty player, but I would say if maybe if you're Coach K, you say Grayson, you know, you gotta you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it because now they're looking for it. So I, we know you get heated. We know you get intense. You've got passion. you got energy. Channel it. Channel it the right way. Like when he got a technical foul call against him after shouting obscenities after he was called for a foul. There, He is a leader on that Duke team. And as Coach K said, he's got to be able to, to have his emotions come out in the right way. I'm wa- right now on my computer. I am watching over and over and over the trip against Florida State. And what I am seeing, unless my eyes deceive me, I am seeing there's about to be the inbounds pass. Grayson Allen and the Florida State player meet for a little bit. They're right next to each other, body to body. And Grayson Allen can feel, hey, the guy that is behind me is going to make a cut. And as he goes to make the cut, he leans forward and throws his foot back to obviously trip him. It was intent. It, was, it wasn't It was one of those things like, oh, that was just incidental contact. No, that was Grayson Allen being a little dick. It's him being a little douchebag because that's what Grayson Allen is. I look at Grayson Allen and I see a guy where I'm like, that guy's a dick. Do I know Grayson Allen personally? No. Is he maybe a great guy? Probably. But if I'm looking at that clip, which I'm watching over and over, 
just nonchalantly does it, and then the little asshole throws up his hands like, what? Well, why'd you fall on the ground? I didn't do anything. No, you're a little asshole. You've done it twice now. You should be suspended a game, maybe two, and I'm going to go as far to say this. You can play this Tuesday against Wake Forest. you got to sit against North Carolina. You have to sit against North Carolina. The biggest game of your season, the second time you get to play that, maybe sweep North Carolina this season, if Duke wins that game, it's going to help their tournament resume. You can't play in that one, Grayson, because your actions have spoken for you. This is not me coming from a, I look back at, like, when I was younger and Tim Tebow was famous, and I would say as a kid, man, I hate Tim Tebow. I would look back and go, you know what? I didn't hate Tim Tebow. I just didn't like Florida, and now I'm okay with Tim Tebow as I am older, more maturer than I was at a younger age. But not smarter because it's just more mature, yeah, not more mature. It's, it's more mature, but with Grayson Allen, I just see when I look at the trips, when I see his demeanor on the court, I say to myself, I go, I've seen this before. I've seen this book before, except Duke was a little bit better when the first book was made. He's Christian Leitner, just not as good. He is this generation, this era's college basketball Duke version of Christian Leitner. And I could totally see it. The kid that he came out of nowhere last year in the tournament. I didn't even know who Grayson Allen was until he had his tournament just blowout last year and helped Duke win it all. But he's got the two tripping incidents. This is a kid that also gets favors from the referee, travels, hits a game winner, doesn't get it called. And then afterwards, it's oh, that I'm not even going to get into that because that doesn't even matter. This is a kid that I just look at his demeanor on the court. I look at just, he just looks like a smug asshole to me. And I hate Grayson Allen. I hate him. And it's just one of those things where it's like, like I said, I don't know Grayson Allen personally. He may be a nice guy to his friends. But I look at what he did on the court two times. Because when you're a college basketball player, the magnifying, especially when you're a Duke, the magnifying glass is put over you. I look at that and I go, there's no need to do that. There's no need to purposely trip an opponent, suspend him a game. And for me, I mean, you could suspend him for Tuesday against Wake Forest, but that's like doing nothing because let's be honest, Grayson Allen doesn't need to play against Wake Forest for Duke to win. I say take him out of the Tar Heel game. You know what? You want to trip players? We'll trip you before you get to that game so you can't play in it. Ricky, what I think you see on the basketball court is a privileged white guy, and you don't like it. It's not that I don't like it, and I'm glad you brought that up, because what was the main, and anyone who watched the I Hate Christian Leitner 30 for 30, what was the big thing that everybody, like the main reason why people hated Christian Leitner, most people thought he was privileged. He was the privileged white kid, went to Duke. That's what Duke was. When you watch the Fab Five talk about Duke when they played it, like Jalen Rose, um, oh, I'm blanking his name, um, 
Howard played with the Bullets and the Heat and Juwan Howard. That was his first name. The one thing they talk about Grant Hill that played for that Duke team. What do they call? What did those players who played at Michigan during the Fab Five call Grant Hill because he played at Duke and Uncle Tom? I don't know if I necessarily see that in Grayson Allen because it's not. It's not one of those things. It's more of, I see his actions on the court. I see the way he carries himself. I don't like it. I think he's an asshole. I don't want him, if he goes into the draft, I don't want him anywhere near my Chicago Bulls. And I think he should be suspended. Maybe a game or two. The rest of the regular season at the most. North Carolina game at the least. For tripping the two players. I think that there would be more controversy around it if either of the players, let's say, got injured. Uh, I Neither of them did, thankfully. But I think if if one of the guys that he tripped got injured, I think that we are looking at a suspension for Grayson Allen. Mm-hmm. Not just w- uh, one game, like a, maybe a couple. Definitely a couple of games, I think, if, if any of them got injured. Seriously. But thank like I said, again, thank goodness they did not. I, I don't... I really don't think that Grayson Allen is a dirty player. Because, again, these are two instances. Yes, both in the month of February. February 8th was the first one. February 25th, just recently. But you have to look at what else there is on Grayson Allen. Is there much? No. There's not. And those are two instances. Yes, they don't look great. But I'm not going to suspend them. You know what makes it look I even don't think worse? that there's need to suspend him. I think there's probably need to, like I said before, have Coach K just say, Grayson, you are too good to do those dirty tricks. Don't do it. Just play your game. You're good enough without it. Don't do it. Well, and I mean, the injury, the one thing I will throw in is the one when he tripped the Louisville player. He was called for a flagrant foul on that one. So that was enough to warrant a flagrant foul. foul. But here's the thing with Grayson Allen. This is the last point I will make. I watched the play, the one with the Florida State player, um, Xavier Raton Mays, that he tripped. And after the game, what Grayson Allen said, all you have to do is give me a good quote to look from. And when I say a good quote, one that goes... Okay, maybe what was on the court wasn't what I was seeing. But yet again, I'm going to say what I saw. I saw them come together. I saw the Florida State player go to make a break behind Grayson. And Grayson intently lean his foot back and throw it in front of the legs of Xavier to trip him. What does Grayson Allen say after the game? He wanted to keep playing physical, so I tried to walk away from it as he was grabbing me. We ended up tangled up and falling. You didn't end up tangled up. You didn't fall. He fell. You didn't. You stood there with your arms up. Unless I'm reading a quote from the Louisville one, but this is in the article for the Florida State one. So I see that and I go, you're an asshole. You didn't fall. The The Xavier from Florida State fell. I see that quote. I see writing on the wall. Maybe I'm being too blunt, but I see you're an asshole. I hate you, and I hate like I hate Grayson Allen. And I almost said it because I feel like the same group of people 
years ago that would be like, I hate Christian Leitner. Do I hate Christian Leitner? No, I wasn't old enough at the time. Christian Leitner and Duke was way before my time of where I am in sports fandom. But I look at Grayson Allen, I go, I hate Grayson Allen. I hate everything he stands for. I hate the way he carries himself on the court. I can't wait until I can watch college basketball without him. Strong words, folks. Very strong. From Ricky Widmer. Okay, and the last thing we're going to talk about here on the podcast, we we got to take a three. We got to we got to get back on the road to March Madness before Ricky blows a gasket because I think he already blew one. I was close. I was close. I do hate like I, I hate Grayson. I almost called him Christian Leitner again because that's what I see. I see Christian Leitner in Grayson Allen, just the connection there. But we got we to get back on the road to March Madness. And the big thing, this is all going to get sorted out during Champ Week, Brandon. But everyone, including their grandmothers on ESPN, CBS, Fox, wherever you watch your college basketball, they're all talking about this, so we're going to talk about it too. I'll ask you a plain and simple question. Who is going to be our one seeds in March Madness this year? Who do you think earns them via Champ Week? Well, I think our our first one seed is Kansas. I I think that that okay. is. I think that that's an easy one to take a look at with with Kansas where they are right now. I think that they're probably going to be the um, number one team when the next rankings come out. So that's, at least that's where I have them. I think Kansas has a one seed. I think that the second one seed, and this one could be interesting. You may not agree, but I think after a big win over the weekend, I think we're going to see Virginia as a one seed as well. If they win the ACC tournament, yes. Because that would mean they would either have to beat UNC again, or if UNC loses early on in the ACC tournament, the thing with Virginia is I feel like they have to win. They have to win the ACC tournament for them to be the one seed. That's just me. If North Carolina wins it, then maybe North Carolina's the one seed. But whoever comes out of the ACC, I feel like will be the one seed. And if you think Virginia is going to win the ACC, then yeah, Virginia. I just think that, I mean, North Carolina really has not played extremely well down the stretch. There's been a couple of teams that I think that they should have beat. They did not do it. They have a big win against Miami last weekend, but they can't get the job done against Virginia over the weekend. I think the third one seed Oklahoma. Even after the loss to uh, Texas? Well, the thing is, this is with Champ Week coming in. Oklahoma has the hardest battle. The reason being is the Big 12 is tough. The Big, yeah, 12, yeah, the Big 12 has the potential to be the toughest conference in college basketball. We've talked about that on a past podcast because you've got Kansas, who can easily be a one seed. You have Baylor, which can be good. Iowa State can be good. Like, yesterday, Sean was running down after we finished the Fast Break podcast. Like, some of the college games, and he's just going, oh, who wins this, who wins that, who wins this? And he got to Kansas State, Iowa State, and I'm like, Kansas State with the upset. And I'm, immediately, I'm like, wait, 
where's it being played? And he's like, in Ames. And I go, oh, yeah, Kansas State. Because before that game, Iowa State has lost some big games in Ames. I know they beat Kansas there earlier in the season, but they've lost some key games at home in Ames. So I, the Big 12 has potentially the hard, like, that's the conference tournament I want to watch during Champ Week. If it's a, it's close because it's either the Big 12 or the Big 10. Those are the two I want to watch. And then I think the fourth and the final one seed, and we talked about them already today, Michigan State. Yeah, I can buy that. I think that I because the thing with the Big 10 is the top is weak. And it's weird that I say that because the only team I feel that can upset Michigan State or derail them in the Big 12 or the Big 10, pardon me, tournament is Indiana. Indiana's looked good. I thought Indiana was going to take a step back when my Illini led at halftime. Then I went to bed, woke up the next morning and looked at the score and it was like a double digit, like almost 30 point loss, I think. And I looked at it and went, whoa, that sure escalated quickly. But what do I expect? My Illini suck and I hope they get better, which they probably won't. But my one seeds are, I agree with you, Michigan State, I feel like is going to make a run. They're going to make the, we're going to come out with our predictions for champ week when we get actually closer to the conferences. We'll probably have individual videos previewing the tournaments that we care about, the conference tournaments we care about. But I think Michigan State can win the Big Ten. They'll be a one seed. I would have said Xavier, but earlier today they lost. They lost to Seton Hall, a team that was cursed by us. And we talked about them on the bubble, and they lost right after we uh, talked about them on the podcast. So I was I would have said they would be a number one seed, but they lost to Seton Hall. I'm going to go with Michigan State, North Carolina, Kansas, Ah, uh, here's the big one. Does Villanova get a one seed? That's the thing. And to me, it all comes down to, let, let me ask this question. You can help me out with it, Brandon. If Villanova wins their conference, do they get a one seed? If they lose it, does Xavier get the one seed in retrospect? If Kansas had already taken the Big 12's one seed. Or do we see a double one seed from like the ACC or the Big 12? I think we'll see a double one seed. I really do. I don't think Villanova will end as strong as they'd like to. And I think that that will bump them from the number one seed. They'll go to a two. You know who I really like to see get a one seed? But they have to win the ACC to do it? The Hurricanes. What, what would you do? Like, What would be your reaction if... We woke up Selection Sunday. The Hurricanes had won the ACC tournament and got a one seed. Would you legitimately, legit, would they be, would it it be legit? Yeah, would they be legit threats to go to the, all the way to the final four? And I'm tongue tied. No, I don't think so. I I do, I I don't think so. They they would be good enough to probably make a sweet 16 run, but Mm -hmm. that may be it with the, with the Hurricanes. Again, you know, it's really hard to pry, try and predict any anything right now because of the fact we that we don't know the seedings. We, we don't know seedings, and then even when we do know seedings, it's okay. You've got Miami faced up against 
you know, this team and this team's good, could play them well. I don't know. You know, it, it it's going to be difficult. There's so much parity, but I just don't see Miami being that team that can go all the way and make a run all the way to like the final Here's four. what Miami's looking at right now. At this point as we are recording, they are the top. They own the tiebreaker over North Carolina for the number one seed. So they'd play either the eight or the nine. However, Louisville, we got to take out there. So the eight or nine seeded team would be Syracuse would play Clemson. Then the winner of that game would play the Hurricanes in the quarterfinals because if you're unaware how the ACC tournament works, how many of the tournaments now work is the top four seeds get a double buy. The first two days of the tournament, they're sitting. Then you have um, eight, five through, I want to say it's 10, have a one-game buy. And then the 11th seed through the 14th seed, they play on the first day, which is March, what is it, March 8th? Is that first day? They're the ones that play and have to run the table the whole way. So it looks like Miami, unless they fall into the top five, which I don't think is mathematically possible, you only need three wins to win the ACC tournament. That's true. I just don't see I don't see the Canes doing anything. So before I sign it off, the last thing we'll do really quickly one more time, your one seeds for everyone to ridicule down in the comment section. Gosh, now let me try and remember them. Okay, so I think I went with Kansas, Virginia, Oklahoma, and Michigan State. And I am going to go with North Carolina. No particular order, by the way. North yeah, Carolina. Same. I'm going to go with Kansas, Michigan State. And it was that last one that I was debating. I'm going to go Xavier. I think Xavier runs the table, wins their conference, upsets Villanova, gets a one seed in the end. Villanova's a two seed and gets bounced in the second round, and maybe the, in the first and round. And at the end of the day, no one cares about Xavier or Villanova, so it really won't matter. I don't know, man. We have a subscriber, our Kentucky underscore Wildcat underscore 18. Confusing name, but he's a Xavier fan. Well, so I think he cares about the Musketeers. Well, God bless him. But, you know, I, I don't think that, uh, tell, you know, give me here. How about this? How about this? I hope that that listener, that subscriber, listens to this probably swears at me mm-hmm. and then tell me why is Xavier good because after watching okay. them today okay. they were crap I can buy it I can buy it tell me why they're good tell me why I should not be a doubter a hater or all the other errs that you could throw out there drinking the hater raid tell me why they're good tell me why Xavier could make a run and why I should be taking a look at them as a serious one seed contender well, that's going to do it for the Primetime Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening. If you're on SoundCloud listening to the podcast, go ahead, hit that heart button, hit that repost button. If you haven't already, go ahead, hit the follow button so you know when we post the podcast to our SoundCloud page. If you're on YouTube, you can do the same thing. But before you do, hit the like and subscribe button. You're going to get up to date on all the podcasts, all the videos. You can follow me on Twitter at Ricky Widmer. You can follow Brandon and most of our at young underscore swan 19 most valuable podcast is at most valuable pod you can get all of this though in one stop and that's most valuable podcast.com we're also on itunes if you're an itunes user everything is on the website though go check it out most valuable podcast.com i want to thank you guys again for checking out this one and we'll see you in the next one however have a good day everybody
Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.